before I begin, I'd like to state that, yes, I have read the story that no doubt comes to mind when you see this particular title. Alright? It's a great story, with a remarkable writer to boot. The community that spawned solely because of a combination of this IP and a thirst for continuous knowledge of the occult. I mean, really, I don't think anyone could have predicted such a spike in interest. And on a real piece of land, no less. I mean, just sitting there, lifeless as can be, the classic he-who-enters-never-returns shtick. It's an oldie, but a damn goodie. Lately, though, I've been noticing an influx of individuals who, for lack of a better word, would rather defend this story to the grave as being truthful than admit that it was written for the sole purpose of fiction. Now, you don't exactly need a magnifying glass nor a microscope to understand the Tijuana back-alley shadiness of a company such as Disney, okay? From their overzealous employees who act as if they're held at gunpoint, to the mystery surrounding some of the park's attractions and or exclusive clubs, it's safe to say that something isn't exactly in the limelight for the average human to see. Hell, even with the case of Negative Mickey, which was created for the sole purpose of continuing on the Abandoned by Disney's legacy, being reported as found on Treasure Island? I mean, come on. I know us common citizens wouldn't be allowed to step two feet on that island, let alone in Florida without being shot. But, you know, it's a sentiment that gets old to stumble across in these miscellaneous forums. I guess that brings me to my perspective. The times I've taken as close as a look as allowed when venturing out to Anaheim. See, I used to date this girl at the start of college, who would later end up actually working at Disney, specifically Cars Land. Despite our relationship ending, we maintained a good friendship, swapping stories of our lives over a few drinks here and there. She'd asked how I fared out in the real world as a college graduate, and I, boosted by the confidence of my drink, would ask how working for the soul-sucking conglomerate that is Disney was. Now, now she loved Disney, (laughs) but couldn't defend it to that extent to being blissfully ignorant to what was going on around her. Now, to answer some people's questions, yes, miscellaneous rumors can be put to rest as fact from a corporate standpoint. Disney's quote-unquote suits, as they've been so eloquently called, do in fact exist. If you happen to remember the Luigi's Flying Tires incident of 2012, before being both shut down and renamed to Luigi's Rolick and Roadsters in 2016, Disney suits were immediately on the case after that, secretly flashing some of the most coveted compensations for the individuals who got the most injured during that time, rivaled only by Ursula's head falling off. Being off the clock from flows, yet still having access to the areas that the common guests wouldn't, you know, it was hard not to believe. Secret and or subliminal messages, of course, have always been around too. To quote her exact words, If all you're looking for are hidden Mickeys, you aren't looking hard enough. You could find little alcoves interspersed throughout the park, perhaps uh, hidden by gates or, or obstructed by brush. 
and at the risk of being temporarily and or permanently banned from the parks, sneak past security in an attempt to get to these areas. But, you know, in actuality, with the amount of shit Disney employees have to go through on a daily basis, they're nothing more than employee-only areas. Not to mention, with the amount of costume changes needed and kids needing to be entertained constantly throughout the day, the only quote-unquote controversial object back there would be a full bottle of alcohol to drown their sorrows in. <laughs> um, well, admittedly, it was a dejecting conclusion. Asking her about the infamous Club 33 yielded even more disappointing insight. As well as nothing necessarily cultish wasn't entirely out of the realm of possibility, you know, the ritziest of the ritzy would simply come, flash their money, press a button to a not-so-secret entrance in New Orleans Square, and fork over 50k each to eat some semi-decent food in a luxurious space. While this was easy for me to process, as anyone who's anyone on the internet, realizing not to take anything seriously, it was a bit disappointing to realize all the time and effort going into people writing some of these stories were all for the sake of shock value. I mean, surely something had to have slipped through the cracks, enough for it to be reported upon and shared to such a point that their stock would take a hit. Right? Well, no. As blatantly as she told me, her employer did their damnedest to ensure that, from beginning of the day to the end, everyone that walked in that park was left with a clean slate. About as innocuous as the number on your entry ticket. Stepping foot into a Disney park, from pure anecdotal retellings, you knew exactly what you were sticking your nose in. You don't even have to know what Disney encompasses in terms of multimedia to still know what it feels to first step foot into a Disney park. And the envy you no doubt feel when you're left out either not being able to afford it for a vacation, or otherwise. It's that kind of power, that kind of attraction, that Disney has. It's the overwhelming allure, or, or gut feeling, that something rests deep beneath the overwhelmingly cheerful and borderline hypnotism that these parks provide. And that proof, so to speak, rests within the pudding. After all, why else would there be so many stories completely out of the realm of truth, but not quite out of the realm of possibility? Treasure Island, River Country, Club 33, these locations all very well exist. You can find them on any map, even if you can't physically enter them without the law shining a spotlight on you. Suicide Mouse, the River Country film, even Disneyland's very own Suicide Pact spread amongst the internet. Now, these are tricky. While said stories may have existed in their own contexts outside of the respective media itself, all we have to look on as evidence are the files, the screenshots, and discussion forums themselves. To draw our own conclusions from, to determine if whether or not this existed at the lowest point in Walt's vault, or if this was all merely a conjuring. I never took many stories on the internet for anything more than 
what the original author intended to write about, and to showcase to an audience, whether it be shock, spook, or challenge. My ex-girlfriend isn't exactly into all this stuff to the level that I am, so I suppose it'd be a fool's errand to try and convince her otherwise. But you have to admit, from the perspective of a casual theme park goer, it truly is amazing at the level it can snowball to a fan base. The fact that, even today, new stories can be churned out and enjoyed by hundreds of thousands. Hell, everything that she confirmed, quote-unquote, could have been dead wrong, whether it be out of literal job secrecy or humorous misdirection. But I suppose that's also the allure of it all. And what's more, why I'm writing this. Disney could never be abandoned. People sink their very lives into this park, and the childlike wonder it produces. The eeriness of it all that causes us to return, to further seek out answers, whether they exist or not.